Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina Conversation. Today's episode features Lisa Cupolo. We're talking about her latest book, Have Mercy on Us. It's a collection of short stories. Um, and then this conversation was so just authentic and real. I appreciated Lisa's honesty. First, we talk about her experiences um, in her life, trying out different professions and going and traveling the world. And we just, you know, ended up talking about life and about longing and, and loss and, um, you know, parenthood and just in general, some of the themes that she covers in her collection. But either way, I'll let you guys get to it. Here is Lisa Cupolo. Today, we've got Lisa Cupolo. We're talking about her book, um, her collection of short stories titled Have Mercy on Us. And it's available now. It's been out for a couple months. There we go. I love the title. Yeah, I, I want to explore the book cover later, too. Um, thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for taking the time to talk to chat with me today. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I loved every story and it was so easy to power through, like to just get sucked in and power through. Um, within one weekend and I, I just, you know, it was hard to pick any favorites in the collection. So I'm excited to, to have our chat today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I hope powered through is a good thing, not a, thing. <laughs> <laughs> a powered through. <laughs> oh, I know. I guess I could have a negative connotation. No, it was just so easy to get like sucked in and just like before I knew it, I was like, I had two stories left to read. I was like, wait a second. Like, where did that go? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's cool. But do you usually read short stories or do you read novels or? Mostly novels. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've had a, a hand. I read a handful of um collections and it's I like it because, well, it's like a double edged sword. right? Like, I like it because it's easy to finish a story and be done with it and start a new one. But then I feel like readers always left wanting more. But that's mm-hmm. the nature of short stories, right? <laughs> Just, it you know, is. You're like, yeah. wait, I want to know. Keep going with this character. Keep going with this story. And, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, that's just the part of it where, I, yeah, I was left wanting more for some of them. And, but you just gotta, gotta suck it up and let it, you know, let it fly into the, into the universe and move on. <laughs> right. And they, and you know, the characters do stay with you too. And that's, I mean, hopefully they do. And that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Can you go into your background? Because of I was going into, you know, doing a little research and you got like such a fascinating like chunk of experiences and, and bouncing around and trying different things. And um, can you give a little insight on that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky to live in different countries and um, it started out. I mean, I, I lived in a small town my whole life growing up in Canada um, in, you know, Niagara Falls, which is a very um small town but you know you get the whole world comes to you and that's yeah. what my father used to say <laughs> and so it kind of gave me this idea like I wanted to travel but um but yeah I think um a lot of the stories so there's 10 stories in my collection and you know they take place in Greece France um you know Calgary Canada Catalina Island and um you know off the coast of California where I live here and so there's a lot of Kenya. I have two stories in Kenya and all of the places I would say based on the stories, I have to know well. So Kenya, mm. I lived, uh, I lived and worked uh, for a year. Um, well, more than that, but at least a year in an orphanage um, on the border of Uganda and um, spent some really good time there. And so two of the stories, which took, I mean, after such a powerful experience as, uh, um, doing that. It was during the AIDS pandemic. It, it took me quite a while to write the stories because it was such a shattering experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have this, you know, I was a paparazzi photographer and all of these experiences came out of different things. I mean, that seems so sort of glamorous, but it was, it was at a time I was studying, um, in London and England and I, um, studied photography and I was dating a writer because I always wanted to be a writer, but um, <laughs> I didn't tell him that. And so he, <laughs> he got an opportunity to um, go to North Africa and do a guidebook um, about Morocco. And, um, and you know, I was going to go travel with him for three months. And my sister said, well, you can't, don't go. What are you going to do? Just like follow him around through three months? She said, here, take this expensive. You know, she had this Canon camera and she said, do something, you know, t- take pictures. And so I got really into that and I was able to sell some of my photos um, with his book. And, you know, and then I was like, oh, and so I went to art school and 
um, you know, the paparazzi came out of that because I had to have a job when I lived in England because I, you know, I had to support myself and, right. um, and I got a job at a, you know, this paparazzi joint that was kind of around the corner from my school. And that was super cool. I mean, that was like watching the Oscars the other night. I was thinking, you know, that was me because it was like red carpet events that yeah. were for premieres and things like that. And I had a ladder to go to, uh, you know, you had a ladder, you had your long lenses and your cameras. And again, I was, you know, a lot younger and it was just a blast, you know, smoking cigarettes, at the coffee shop, waiting for yeah. the event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like the the glamorous side of it. I'm sure that you've got some other, um, you know, stories to tell regarding like the non glamorous side of of. Absolutely, see, I, you definitely have to have a the right personality for it for sure. You have to be a go getter. <laughs> yeah, you do, or you just have to be some kind of. Because I'm not really i I could be that way, but I was like, I'm fascinated. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you yeah. really are an observer in those places. Uh, but I was never great at it. But I was going to get, especially because I was a woman. Everybody else was a man, of course. Um, yeah. You know, with their ladders. So I was like, I'm doing this. You know, mm-hmm. so that made me a little bit more ruthless in yeah. the situation. Yeah. That's right. absolutely (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's you know i think definitely um when you have your professional experiences you have to like not only step outside of your comfort zone but you earn skills that you never thought that you would have to take head on and yeah um it's it's definitely yeah it it forces you to kind of like examine like what what do I really need to you know what do I need to change or what do I need to do to really like be successful at this and and that's you know for for that line of work where you have like you want to get that shot right like you want to you gotta yeah. <laughs> you just gotta go for it and um and the more you do it the like you know I got more experienced and that's it and you you grow confidence from your experience right yeah absolutely uh, absolutely um so kind of like backpacking off off of that like. So it's your debut collection, right? Like you write short stories. That's your thing, correct? Oh, I have a novel and I have a memoir and I'm writing. Okay. I mean, all writers seem to be writing more than they're writing, but the short stories for me, I've, I've always got them published. That's sort of. Oh, okay. So then maybe that's what I'm yeah. picking up. Cause I remember, yeah, like I said before, I was like kind of like looking at your website, checking it out. And, um, I just know that you've, you're like more prominent, uh, short story writer, right? Cause now I'm going to have to go back and check out your. Your no, 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 and... honey. No, the novel, <laughs> the novel never got published. But oh, course, okay, I see. That's why. The drawer and my, okay. my memoir, <laughs> my memoir is a work in progress. So, okay, um, okay. So no, the the you are correct, hundred percent that this is my first book, um, debut books so yeah you, you absolutely did the correct research okay <laughs> that's exciting congrats on that um so what Thank uh you. how has this experience been like writing a collection or producing a collection versus you know writing a short story here and there that's published somewhere else you know with other short stories with other authors like how was that experience and like any big lessons learned um for your first time around yeah, I mean, it's been extraordinary, first of all, for the recognition, you know, um, I, I, this book's, uh, with a small press, which is Regal House Publishers, which is a women-owned, amazing press out of North nice. Carolina. Um, but, you know, I got a review in the New York Times, like, three weeks ago, which was like, what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you never expect that. And I've had, you know, lovely, there was um, the Chicago Review of Books did a great interview with me uh, with Trevina Yaboa. So I've had all of these like really kind of, I don't know what the, the heady, you know, the, the big literary things happen. But, you know, at the end of the day, and I've had, you know, events and a lot of interviews and podcasts and um, guest recognition. But you know what the best thing is? When somebody you knew from long ago says, oh, my God, I just read your book. I loved it. Or oh, this is my favorite story. Um, you know, uh, friends and people, other writers. I mean, I have my husband's also a writer. So, you know, I've been with and I've dated a ton of writers, like my whole back, background is writers. Um, and I worked at HarperCollins in Canada. So okay. hearing, from, hearing from friends and, you know, that they really uh, connected with the characters or really saw themselves in the characters is is the best, best compliment. You can yeah, 
Absolutely. Because I imagine that's like just such a challenge in general, like not just writing like one story, one story arc, one care, you know, focusing on a subset of like a handful of characters that, you know, the reader is going to get to know, become acquainted with um, and follow for like, I don't know, a few hundred pages versus trying to do all that in maybe 20 pages <laughs> it's like yeah it's a big challenge in itself and i imagine like just to condense it or choose like one scene or choose however however your process is to choose like different scenes and condense that into like the short version of it and you know leave the reader wanting more uh, you know <laughs> like which is right. natural yeah um N- neil gaiman i think it was who said you know a novel is like the whole picture and a, a short story is just you're coming out of life from the side and you're just taking that little bit so you don't really need to know that you know linda's favorite breakfast cereal was whatever she, every morning she had toast and eggs that you might get to do in a novel you know sometimes yeah. you really get cozy with a character and you're at the breakfast table again doing the same thing with a short story, it's a sketch. It's like a little dance of right in there. It has to hit you very, very quickly. Um, I just had an article published, I guess, two days ago in Writer's Digest about, how you know, writing the short story and the difference, really. Um, and the whole thing is with a short story is in, the, in a couple of almost like the couple first couple of lines. you got to know who the character is and what the conflict is, like really mm. fast. And with a novel, you can do the whole pastoral scene of the countryside and you, yeah. know, <laughs> you get a lot more elasticity. Yeah. And I'm not good at that. My, um, I'm really good at doing condensed and, and that takes a lot of editing as well. Because you, if you, if you do something really small, you only get 15 pages, 20 pages. It all, each line really, really has to, has to, you yeah. know, carry, carry weight, carry weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see that you took that very seriously because I, I don't know, for lack of better words, it's not like every line is like in your face, but it's just like, it's, it's packing a punch, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just like mm-hmm. how you said, it's just, you gotta make it meaningful. You can't have any, it can't be fluffy. Like, you gotta get the meat and potatoes and like everything that the reader gets in that, that short like bit and um but yeah like i said it's like i i like short stories a lot um but it always leaves me wanting more like almost every story i like short story i read i'm just like oh (laughs) (laughs) i know like like, that's just just, like the audible that comes out like where i'm just like oh like like oh like like a little conflict of of emotions where i was like oh that was lovely but it's like oh damn it like (laughs) yeah and i think that's it i mean um well what's interesting about this collection the novel that i'm writing now um so all of the characters you know so there's 10 stories and all of them of course live with you like real people right in your head you become and i still am like this crazy person who has friends in the real physical world but i have all these friends in my head that i can talk to all day i don't understand how people could be bored or lonely because they're all right there but um the first story i don't know if you remember it's called felt and left use the same letters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a favorite of a lot of people who've read my collection and there's a woman um in the story daria and she and her husband and their daughter go to greece for a, a vacation and something happens with the husband um during the trip which i won't you know spoil alert but anyway and then um and it's you know it's quite a powerful story and how daria the main character reacts and she has she has not left me she was not leaving me i don't know a year and a half two years ago when i wrote this collection so now I, I, she's, I'm writing a novel based on her life. Oh, awesome. Once this event happened in Greece, now they're back in Toronto and she and her husband and the daughter and okay, what's, what's the real repercussions? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like what the follow-up and the reality. Cause it's like, yeah, in Greece, it's just like so romanticized and you're like, oh, it's just this exotic place. And and you know, like you're, you're almost, you're out of your element, but then it's like, yeah, when you go back home, it's like, oh, like reality sinks in that. Like- exactly. <laughs> exactly. And well, the husband, I guess I could say it. He has, he has an affair on her on Greece. 
And, you know, a lot of the readers, um, well, not a lot. I did a book club last week and they were like, why didn't she, why wasn't she more angry? Why didn't she yell at him? And I was like, well, of course you want her to do that, but it's much better if she doesn't do that. If you see what yeah. she does do. Yeah. And so yeah. <laughs> um, revenge can come in a lot of different ways. Um, and so, uh, and so I, I guess I just kept, um, you know, feeling her. So it's been a real gift to have her mm. continue to talk to me and, I mean, of course, it's my imagination, but it's but it's it's wonderful that I I still have her, you know, figuring out her life because she's she's older. She's in her 60s and Mm. she's like, you know what? I'm still got a lot of life and energy. And um, so it's pretty it's pretty cool um, for a a woman's story. Yeah. Yeah, And you don't want to be too like predictable. I can understand why some readers were like, oh, that's not how I would act. Like, I mean, and I'm like, no, me neither. I, I probably would not <laughs> approach it that way. But at the same time, it's like, but then you also kind of root for her because she's doing that. You're like, that's right, girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, th- yeah, because what is power? And it's a question of how do we p- power is power just yelling or getting mad or doing something rash? she's thinking, what's the best thing for me? What's the best thing for my life in this situation? Because her husband is a philanderer. He's been, this isn't the first time. It ain't her first rodeo with him, mm. you know, doing this. And he's sort of a, you know, um, a, a, one of those older men who looks handsome still. And he has, you know, he's a famous playwright and, and she's, she's had enough and, and it's clear she's had enough, but she's, um, she's got some different ideas, which is fun to follow her, um, yeah. to see what she does do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since like his line of work too. And that would make sense where she's gotta, she's gotta be bold for that bold mm-hmm. activity. And it's like, like to your comment, it's like, I feel like all, all men age so well and it's not fair. So um, for her, that's even more so like because she's in her 60s for her to kind of take the bold actions that she does. It's like, it's like, yeah, like, that's right. It's like, totally <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I think I hope that it's going to be a page turner in that way, because you really want her to have her happiness and her joy, because it is unfair. It really yeah. in terms yeah. of how women age and um, what what society still tells us is important for a woman to be valuable is, yeah. is, you know, I have a 16 year old daughter and trying to, to, you know, thinking I've taught her differently, but then society still, she you know, it's still about beauty for women. And it's so yeah. you know, frustrating. And it's, I think it's, yeah, definitely more challenging now for parents um, because, you know, we're, I mean, well, I have two boys, so I don't know how problematic that will be for me, but, um, and they're like five and two, but yeah, for oh, like wow. teenage, for teenagers, it's like, just the social media in general, it's so, it it has such an impact on them because that like instant like approval, like, and it's quantifiable, you know, like, oh, I've like so many comments and like, you know, 20 likes within the first 10 minutes. Oh, or like, why don't I have, why do I have only five likes? And it's, you want to, you want to shake them and be like, there is more to life than stupid likes. (laughs) But like, this is all they know, unfortunately, unless they're, they've straight up just have been avoiding um, the internet, avoiding social media, which is not, it's just not realistic. And it's not realistic, but it's, I mean, I try and put limits on my kid, but it's hard. She's at school all day with her phone. She's 16 in high school. She's, you know, she's not (laughs) checking in with me. Uh, but for the two and the five-year-old sons, I mean, it's, they're part of the conversation. Oh yeah, absolutely. It has to, we teach our boys just as, you know, exactly. yeah, it's so important. I, um, I know. And I want to be conscious of that, too, because it's like and they, they're they very, you know, they're fair skinned, blonde hair, mm-hmm. light eyes like they I they, there's a whole nother like there's just many layers that I want to be conscious of. And I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. Like I just, you know, not just that they're like smart and successful, but I also want them to just be like at the end of the day, just like value, like respect and kindness and also not you know, just, just not to take things too personally. Cause I think a lot of what a lot of us like get caught up in that is we kind of think like, Oh, this person's just trying to screw me over. It's like, no chances are they're not even thinking of you. They're just thinking of themselves. Uh, absolutely. And yeah. once I think like once a lot of people, even teenagers realize that like, yeah, cause absolutely. Like they're not worried about, you know, Oh, like they are worried about their future and they're worried about the big picture of like current Mm -hmm. events and all that. And, and what the world will look like when it matters to them. But 
at the same it's like they're worried about like oh what did becky say about me at lunch like you know it's it's things like that or it's like you see you know everybody is seeing everything and every interaction and and it's like yeah how do you prepare kids for a world like that where and have them still have like solid mental health and being able like to stay in the right mind to to handle it on their own at the like right now i'm just like trying to you know praise the positive things like reinforce that and also my two-year-old he's i mean i could go on about him he's been a, a spawn of satan these days but i i'm just like he's just, <laughs> he's two. He's two. i'm just like yeah exactly i'm like okay he's just exploring his environment he's gonna he's pushing the limits he he knows uh-huh. he's he's in a safe space and all that and you know he's gonna drive me crazy but you know it's it's as long as i just <laughs> i was like that's, well, that's what i tell new parents to just take one day at a time and, and do your best because it's, well, it's different think, for everyone yeah and this is different time but i think it's important too that you know kids don't feel like they're the center of the universe so having your own life like what you're doing right now is so yeah. great yeah. and mm-hmm. being um and and you know understanding other cultures and for me travel was what uh, oh, absolutely! Really changed my life. Did but your the, daughter travel with you then too? Like, was she born no, in Canada or? No, she was born in Memphis, Tennessee. But she, um, she's been to Europe with us a few times. But she hasn't done any huge like African travel or anything like sure. that. Uh, just more vacations. But she, um, she will, she will get that. And it's and it depends on the kid. But I think it's really important to you know there are eight billion of us, and I think the whole social media thing is we're not that important. And that's a big thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course, our, yeah. our families are important, but really, and not to take it too seriously, have some fun, do some kind things in your time, find your passion, go for that passion and keep doing that because really then you're going to be a happier person if you can, you know, and, and try and like help a person every day. I really feel like that's kindness should be the base of all parenting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, yeah, just like patience for sure. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's, and even when I lose my cool, I like, you know, cause we all do as parents and I, I, I'll just straight up be honest. I'm like, I'm sorry. I lost my cool earlier. And he's so, okay. Like, <laughs> so I think it's Great. important also for them to see. Yeah. Like your parents, yes, they're kind of like the authority, but they, everybody makes mistakes and they're human. Like it's just, yes. and it's, and it's helpful. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's just easy. I think that's, it's going to pay off down the line because then they can understand, like, if they lose their cool, then they're going to be like, it happens or like, don't be too hard on yourself. If my wording is, it's like, I lost my shit, you know, like I fucking freaked out, but I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I lose my cool. <laughs> like, I just try to put it into context because I think they can, yeah, they could see like, yeah, I kind of flipped out or I got really upset or like I was really impatient and I tried to explain it. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, it's, I think at the end of the day, once um the kids, because they pick up on so much and unfortunately you know you just we want to like kind of we want to shelter them a little bit we want to protect them but they they just they pick up on they pick up on so much and you know it's as long that's why i guess i feel the need to like kind of address it instead of just being like oh you know don't don't worry about it or don't like everything's fine now you know don't it's because it's like Uh yeah no it's it's somewhere down the line. I hope, yeah, they'll forgive themselves or they'll be able to f- feel comfortable just being like, you know what? Yeah, not my not my best moment and and move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> well, I you think know. like what, what I say in story writing, too, with characters is that we're layered. You know, somebody could be saying to their, you know, their kid, I'm so mad at you. You, you know, you threw your whatever you did that. But I I see that you're actually mad because Joey at school said yeah. this about you and hurt your feelings I'm and sad. it's that Absolutely. whole taking it out on somebody else and we do that as parents and we do that to each other in mm-hmm. relationships because we we're, we're feeling low and so we we go and it's this dance in relationships which i find fascinating to reveal in characters and that's why i love you know the short story form in a way because well unlike movies or tv shows in a short it's you really get to hear the interior life of the character. Yeah. You yeah. really get what's really going on. So they could be saying something. They're at dinner and, you know, but they're, you really get to know what the truth is and, and the honesty. And that's pretty that's that's just so cool because it, it helps you see it in your own life and you can recognize yourself and ha- how you do that. Yeah. I've, I've imagined for writers like it's it's like 
almost therapeutic, right? Because you're kind of exploring these different ways and these different contexts and these different relationships. Like it, it kind of brings me to which one was it? Like, oh, you're here now. I think that was the one with the woman. Mm-hmm. She's Going a result of an affair, home. and she, yeah, she's uh-huh. meeting her sibling, half siblings, and and she kind of has to contend with where does her like how does she approach that? Should she pursue that? But then that's going to definitely change the dynamic between her and her mom, who was essentially mm-hmm. the affair. And um, exactly. Just, yeah. You, know. you read that really well because it really, it's yeah. When it, when this, that story you're here now opens, she's um, we meet her and she says, I'm, I've never met my father before, but I'm on the way to his funeral. And the reader goes, Oh man, you yeah. know, and then it's revealed that he's got eight other kids and she's this, you know, this other kid that the other the family mm. didn't know about sort of thing. Mm. But as you get more into the story and she goes to the funeral home and everything and the story goes on, you realize, and that's another one about, you know, thinking one thing, but it's something else is you realize yeah. it's actually the relationship between she and her mother and how her mother kept her so secluded, not secluded, but protected her from it all so much that she never got to have that opportunity. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, um, you know, personally, my, my mom was kind of, my mom has two brothers, but she didn't know that she grew up in a single, single mother household. And she, she had met her father, but he, he had lived across the country. Like there, he's from, um, Southern, like California, like San Diego, Tijuana, like okay. across the border. But she, uh-huh. that was a situation for her where she didn't know that her father had another family until she met her half siblings at his funeral. Mm. Like, Oh, how did you know? So-and-so like, Oh, he was my father. It's like, what? Like he was my father. Like it's, Uh and, and she was like 45 when she found that out, like, or yeah, I mean, before she was 50 and it's like, and, and unfortunately I think it's, you know, it's not, it's not totally uncommon, like no matter what part of the world I think that you're from, but it, when I read that story, I was just like, oh shit, like, here we go. I was like, here we like, I was like, okay. Like, you know? <laughs> and it did like, you know, it, and I, I could see some of that um, reaction with like between my mom and my grandmother with her mother, where she was just like, how could you, like, why would you not say anything? Did you know, like, how much did you know? Like, how could you, you know, right. and it, it, and I think, I think, but, you know, obviously my grandmother had her reasons and, um, and my mom had to kind of do a lot of reflecting back then, but now I'm like, I've, I've met them. I've gone to stay with them. They're such welcoming people. Cause they're basically wow. like, and even, and even the, um, his wife, my, my grandfather's original wife was like, you know, no, she's, she's your family. This is not her fault. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that could, situation could have gone like so many ways. So I think it's just like, so interesting. Um, yeah. When I read that story, that was like, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it was like, it could go this way, it could go that way, it could go, you know, Uh and and it's, it's, it's life, like life is crazy. And like, I think that's just with all of your stories, like, totally capture that, like, just so beautifully. And it's like, these are real, real problems. Yeah, absolutely. And just like your writing style, I was just like, I was like, damn, like, I'm in for it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Megan. That's really nice to hear. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I I told you before, I'm a big dork. I'm a huge bookworm. I read, I, I, you know, it's just the the bookworm in me where I get like really into it. And Mm -hmm. um, it it make when it's easy, when it writers like you make it really easy to get into it, it just makes it that much better. Kind of like exploring that further. Um, Uh Uh-huh. You know, there's 10, 10 very different stories, 10, um, you know, they're all, like you said, they're all at different locations and people are at different points in their lives dealing with different um conflicts and situations. So like, what would you say? Like, I don't know. I kind of picked up on a couple different themes. Um, Did you have like an overall theme of how they like, obviously have mercy on us? Like that's kind of telling, but like, you know, when you were crafting these stories, did you have a theme in mind or, and you know, did you, did you have to play around with the order of of how you place them in in the lineup, you know, like kind of things like that? Like, I just kind of like want to explore that a little bit. Yeah, I think the theme of the book is definitely uh, longing and loss um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a big one, you know, and that's what we all go through. And, you know, we're, we were raised to think that, oh, we're, we're going to live forever. We're invincible. But all of these things are 
you know, are there and they're going to come and, you know, it's all going to work out in, in everybody's story in life. And so I've just, and it's heartbreaking and sad. And it's what I wanted to do was present people in a way that you feel connected to them. Because when I was, you know, I'm a huge reader too. And um, I, I love reading books where I feel less alone once I, you know, I, I want to see myself in the character and wonder what, what they're going to do. And it makes me feel yeah um, more okay in the world by reading about them. And so visiting these 10 different lives in this, in this collection, I mean, there's, there's so many that are just, you know, a father, I write from the point of view of a man, of um, an older man in Portland who travels all the way to Kenya to go and see his son who's working at an NGO, a, you know, place in Africa during the AIDS pandemic. And he, he goes, he takes this big journey to go and plea with his son to say, you you know, your sister is, is um, in one of those dark places again. Man. She's got, she's got her depression and you're the only one. You've always been the only one that can get her out. And here's his son who's doing this amazing you know, missionary work of serving people and being, you know, it's like this holy work that we, we as Westerners see it as. Yeah. But the yeah. father's saying, well, come home, come home. And can you please just help her? And the son's saying, no, I can't. I'm here. This is, this is where I am. You, you deal with her, you know, for mm-hmm. once kind of thing. But the, the idea of a story is just to ask the questions, like, what is suffering? Is her suffering just because she's a, you know, somebody in Portland who's got this rich dad kind of thing who can, you know, who's, um, her suffering with depression? Is that less than the people who are poor, you know, living and, and are in this AIDS pandemic, which is, was a horrible, awful time? Yeah. And, and what is the answer? I don't know, but her suffering is just as real as their suffering. Um, and so I try not to make any, to me, it seemed like that might be what was the, you know, and, and the father is, you know, he's painted as this guy that was never there for his kids. Yeah. And yet, and yet he's doing this thing, uh, you know, because there is goodness in all of us. There is, you know, there's this tenderness or, or in that act of doing that big thing for, you know, to try and help his daughter, there's some grace in that moment. And so that's kind of the idea of of that longing and loss and what's right. You you see it from all points of view. You see it from the son's point of view too, yeah. who's yeah. actually there, even mm-hmm. though he's him. He's a bit like self righteous. You know, he's got his whistle and he's got all these. You know, <laughs> he's going to do it right. If he's going to be an aid worker, he's going to be the best aid worker. But you know, you see that he's he's going through his own stuff and his own trajectory. He's still young. He's in his thirties, and you know, he he doesn't. He's got a long life to live and you learn different lessons at different times. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I know that was, that's absolutely right. Cause I know I was like looking, cause yeah, I have the book here too. And I was looking at like the titles and I was, um, you know, rereading my review just to refresh, uh, refresh my brain because I finished it like two months ago and like, like about the time that it was a, a release. And yeah, I was looking at all yeah. these and it was really like, cause I'm looking at a, a couple of them and picking amongst my favorites which was like so hard and um like bread was another like a such a powerful one and mm-hmm. i remember the last one the the um the one that title shares story. the title yeah the title story mm-hmm. have mercy on us the one that like you know you finish off strong and um yeah it's that's another one where you're kind of like you feel for everyone involved you kind of like mm-hmm. feel for you know you, you kind of see it for the the not technically the son-in-law, but you know mm-hmm. the the grandchild's father. You you kind of see it from his point of view, and you see it from her point of view, and you see it, you know. And and it's yeah, it's like just how you put it. Like you see it from you understand all sides of it because it's hard not to because right. it's everything so much more than um, it's more co- complicated than that. And exactly, yeah, the, the complications yeah. are what makes it. Um, so that's maybe what we, what, how we see ourselves in it, because we are, there are, we're, we're everybody, we are really all connected. And that's how I see the world, that everybody's energy is all connected. And if we can try and give some grace to 
our fellow person without judging so much, but okay, judging, but then going, okay, well, where, where does this come from? You know, and it's yeah. easy to judge from the beginning, but then you're like, well, my mother always taught me or always said, well, okay, you're saying that about this person, but what's it like at home? You know, yeah. what's, yeah. what's underneath, you know, every, every, every marriage is a covered dish. They say, right. You have to lift up the lid because you're making these assumptions about this marriage. It looks perfect or it looks, you know, and, and nothing is. And nothing mm. is. No, um, it's yeah. The surface level of, of it yeah. is so different than yeah. You're only getting yeah. It's exactly surface. You're only getting that level of it. Right, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's like when you walk walk down the street at night, and you know I, this sounds creepy, but I look, <laughs> lights are on inside, right? And you're looking, and you see this, you know, couple, you know, hanging a picture on the wall, and they look all sweet, and then you're thinking, well. What happens next? I'm always imagining, right? What happens next? What's what's it really like? Do they go in and fix dinner? Do they go up and have sex? Do they get yeah. in a big fight about <laughs> exactly. you know where to hang the picture and the guy storms out or she storms out or you know, or this kid comes up from the basement that you know, what what's happening in there? I just mm-hmm. love thinking about all these um these ways we interact and and it's like why we watch or why we're kind of voyeur, voyeuristic about um, yeah. <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but the people watching the speculating. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so hopefully there's a turn of like mercy or something. I think that's um, like people ask about the endings of short stories because there's, they are, these stories are short. They're 15, 20. How do you get this ending? Because it's not going to be like, okay, they, you know, like a romance novel where they, okay, everybody, you know, goes off to Aruba and, you know, everything's happy. <laughs> yeah, right. so, but I feel like at the end of a short story, you're looking for just that moment of clarity where this, the person just stops for a second and, you know, looks outside or maybe they've just signed, you know, the on the dotted line and then they've gotten in their car, you know, where there's just like a breather or some t- sure, where yeah. something comes in where you're saying, oh, okay. It's like how we deal with each day. Like at the end of the day, you go, okay, well, what was that? What was yeah. that day in my life like, yeah. right? You know, that whole thing, like say your prayers at night and then, you know, count your blessings and then be happy for what you did and, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of like something happened. Now what? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, where do you go from there? Or where mm-hmm. don't you go? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like what happens? What doesn't happen and why? And all that. Yeah. There's like so many possibilities of where, um, of yeah, where that like speculating and of the voyeurism and uh-huh. watching people and stuff like that. Um, so kind of like jumping onto that a little bit, when you think about the whole collection, which stories were the most difficult to write, or maybe just parts, and then like which ones were the most enjoyable? Uh, the most difficult to write. Gosh, I think the last story, Have Mercy on Us, was the hardest to write. Um, took a long time for me to get that story right because I, I, it, you know, where do stories come from? I had, um, really, there's the story is Have Mercy on Us is about a woman who follows her daughter's boyfriend around because he's the one who messed up her daughter or got her daughter on the drugs and got her, you know, in trouble right? He created the trouble. So you know, from the beginning that she wants something, she wants to, Mm -hmm. to get him, right? And I loved that idea. But I had no idea how she was actually going to get him or was and again, was this story about her? Or was it about the action of, you know, and, and, um, it's interesting because it took me like so many different, I had two or three different endings for it. And it turned out that her boyfriend is this guy, Franco. I mean, she's, you know, she's a, the grandmother of this. Um, well, she's got a daughter who has a kid and basically she's looking after the kid because the daughter's so messed up. And so she's after this guy, Daryl, who, who was the one who introduced the daughter to drugs and she's taking care of the grandchild. She had to quit her job, like all this mm-hmm, stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the tenderness and, and a lot of people say, I write these horrible men and I'm, you know, it's all about <laughs> women power, but the, the, the hero of the story ends up being the, 
you know, the mother who's, she's kind of crazy because she's following this guy and you're scared she's going to do something really bad to him. And, um, you know, she follows him into the coffee shop. She follows him to, you know, where he sells his drugs in the, in the back of the um, school parking lot. But the, the grace and the tenderness comes from her boyfriend, who is the one who actually looks after the grandson. And he's always looking. He's this big um, guy from Eastern Europe, and he's always shopping for clothes for the kid. He loves to buy these little outfits. And <laughs> it's sort of he's got that European man thing going on yeah. where he's like uh, got the style. And yeah. he wants the kid to look good. So yeah. he becomes obsessed with all these Canadian uh, kids' clothes and designers. And they go out on these adventures where he likes to go visit these stores and buy this kid clothes who's like five. And it's just, he's, he's a really adorable character. Yeah. So he yeah. kind of is the light in that story. But that was a really, really hard story to write. Um, the easiest story was the first story. The Felton left have the same letters. Um it doesn't, it takes place, like I said, in Greece, but um, we went to Catalina Island, which is, you know, an hour, two hours from here. Uh, you take a boat from Long Beach over to the island. Yeah. And it's an odd, amazing, cool place to visit. And I had the thought, oh, this is just like the Mediterranean. This is so interesting. That's what it feels like different times when I've been um, on the Mediterranean. And um, we got to this place that we were staying. And for some, I just, we had a day of hiking or whatever. And I got back to the, I couldn't have a nap or whatever. I always love to nap in places like that, like they do in Europe. And I just was like, I'm going to write. And I sat there and typed out the whole bones of it came out in like two days. And that's Mm. unusual. That was definitely the the muse of whatever my goddess uh, (laughs) above saying, okay, get this story down. And, um, and that, I mean, that's just for, for a writer, that's a dream when that happens. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense that you say that because earlier you were talking about how she's just, she's living in your head. That character, that story is just like living in your head. So that, that makes total sense that that was just like, it it, it was just what engaged you so much and, and what you loved like flashing out. Right. Um, Megan, that's so true. You know what? Sometimes you don't think these things until you're telling me this. So this, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I, maybe that's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, well, yeah, because also you're probably just like in the zone. You don't even think about it. You don't, you know. You don't. We're, we're so unreflective on our own lives when it comes down <laughs> to it. <laughs> without even realizing it yeah you're just like oh oh, yeah maybe like (laughs) so thank you thank you thank you very much for that that's good oh yeah Yeah. i'm so happy to be of assistance to you (laughs) (laughs) um so just a couple more questions before we wrap up here so what i'm because you did kind of tap into some things that i i had on my list to ask so i'll kind of backtrack a little bit what was like Uh your (laughs) what was like your uh research process like did was it all kind of like just in in your brain were there any you know weird things that you had to google or like what you know your just your natural your natural process of like of filling in the blanks essentially Right. That's a good question. Um, Fort Pierce, Florida. Um, uh, that was is, one of my favorites. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. written in the, um, I wouldn't say voice. It's just like uh, an imagining of Zora Neale Hurston, who mm-hmm. is, of course, uh, one of the most famous African-American writers of all time. And she wrote The Rise of Watching God. And she's just, you know, an icon. And I, being a Canadian, um did not know much about African-American literature or African-American, uh, you know, the history in a way until I moved to Memphis, Tennessee. And I'd lived in very cosmopolitan places from really London, Toronto. You know, I've been around the world and I got to Memphis and I um, was doing my MFA there. And when I taught my first class, because it's part of the degree you teach writing classes, all the black kids were on one side and all the white kids were on another. And I was like, what is this? What? You know, and I, it, it felt like going back in time. And but it also was like, Lisa, you ha- you need to understand what mm. where this is coming from, because it's not it's it's a deep rooted history. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did a like a 
simultaneous degree in African-American literature, which was studying, 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 learning about all of the, you know, I read all the writers, Langston Hughes, certainly Hurston, like everybody that I could um, study to get the understanding of where they were coming from. And so that story, Fort Pierce, Florida, came during, I was doing a class, like an African-American lit class. And, you know, I had to write an essay and this is, mm. you know, grad graduate school. And I was about eight months pregnant. And I said, okay. I cannot write an essay to save my life. <laughs> you know how you just, you don't, your brain doesn't work. Yeah. And I, said, Can I please, please, please write a story. I'm a, I'm a fiction writer. Can I please, please. And, and the professor who was the best, Mr. Martin, he said, yes, you may. And so that's where I started the story. That's where it came from. So that story, yes, a lot of, and so part of my research was learning that Zora Neale Hurston at the end of her life, after having such a career, I mean, it was where there was a lot of strife in her, you know, she was famous, but she also, there was a lot of things going against her. And at the end of her life, she ended up being a maid for a time in Fort Pierce, Florida. And so I imagined this brilliant, brilliant mind, yeah. uh, anthropologist, you know, she was just working in this motel and coming across this guy who thought <laughs> he was all that as a writer. Yeah. And, and he's sitting there with his bourbon being like Hemingway and his cigarettes. And he thinks he's, he's great. And he's just, you know, locked himself in a motel room because he's going to write this novel. And then Nora <laughs> Neale Hurston comes in as, as his maid. And so, yeah, uh, I have a friend who was like, I want to make this into a short film, please. And I said, yes, please. That would be so cool. Yeah, You got to write so, that contract up, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, just that idea of that scene, because it is. Yes. And, and, and the movies that are short films that take place in just one room, just dialogue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fascinating so one day maybe yeah yeah i really enjoyed it it was just kind of like because you have to introduce also introduce the reader to that um the context if they're not familiar with you know yes. what who you're basing it off of yeah or like you uh -huh. know, you, the readers get the idea that no she you know she's experienced and she's kind of a big deal and um mm -hmm. you know she knows what she's and she knows her stuff and and yeah and she's but she's kind of playing a little coy, but she also is like, I'm not going to humor this man. Like, I'm not going to like, you know, she'll, she answers his questions because he's like pushing her and he's he's like, no, yes. like whatever, like, don't clean my room, like whatever time you would take, like, just talk to me. And she's like, she reluctantly does so because she's she's also, yeah, she sees him as um she sees it as her craft. And then she also sees him in the other person that's in this conversation and and what that you know her her own like perception of 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 that and his oh you're what you starving artist right now like okay sir like yeah. <laughs> yeah so you read that story really well too you remember all of it the, the thing is is i'm seeing this again that you're showing me and that's what happens when we talk about these stories is she's another one that she could have said i'm zora neale hurston like who do you think you are no the yeah. way to do it is to find your own power is often not to to exert that. It's to find your own way to stop, to listen, to wait. And that's showing her compassion and her ability to just be cool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a cool character, like very cool. She in is. That, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I wish I remember reading like some of her responses and I like the dialogue and I was like, oh, I, that's that's not what would come to mind. But yeah, she was just like, like, OK, dude, like she was like, you know, yeah, yeah. like she was so cool about it. And, and you know, and I just remember thinking like, like, man, if that were if that were me, I would have I would have catered to him. Just I think that's just kind of the person I am. But she was just like, no, like and I'm like, yes, good for you. Like what? <laughs> good for you for not like for for being polite and also just she would still like staying true to herself in addition mm -hmm. to like well i'm i'm at work i'm at work he's a guest like I right <laughs> well and definitely that that whole idea of you know uh just to rise above and just yeah. to you know because if she gets mad or even dari in my first story if they get all ruffled and mad and all that stuff it's just mm -hmm. causing them the you know, it's that whole thing that, you know, no, if you if you are just in your own power and it's not affecting you, that's the greatest revenge in a way. Exactly. It really is. Because, yeah, like that's what they expect of you is for you to like lose your shit or for you yeah. to like 
take the bait, you know, and for you Mm -hmm. to just like be cool or like, or like do it on your own terms. And there's, there's like so many layers to it, but yeah, that's absolutely right. Just like, there's the power in that. Like there's the, you know, I don't know if control, but like you have control over yourself and you're, you're willing that and you're, that's where like, I think what makes these stories so powerful is, is just like, you know, as a reader, you're kind of like, I, I I would not have done that. But then that's the reason <laughs> why, like, that's why, like, that's why these women are so, like, amazing. And these stories are so, like, engaging and, and at times just, like, thought provoking. It's just like, oh, like, okay. Oh, like <laughs> Surprising. You want to be surprised. You don't exactly. want to be, you know, you have to be surprised in any story or novel because then you're like, oh, my God, Yes. You know, absolutely. Or, yeah, uh, it gives you something to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know I wanted to talk about the cover real quick. What was um, oh, what was that? Yeah, what did you like have a Pinterest board? Were you just kind of like yeah. really, you know, like giving your opinion or anything? Like, because I feel like it was one of those. It's kind of one of those where, like, the longer you look at it, maybe the more you notice, and you, you know, the the further along you get in the book, the more you kind of make the connections. And so, right. um, how how did that go for you? Well, it's a funny story because I studied photography and, you know, I haven't done it for years, but I did portrait photography. And so when the publisher, most publishers say, do you have an idea or what would you like on the cover? And I said, absolutely. I would love a photograph because when I go to the bookstore and I look at book covers, I see if there's a photograph on the cover, my eye automatically goes to that. Mm. So I was set. I was good. I took my camera. I took my daughter and her best friend and we went out to the country. I had an idea in my head. And we did these shoots of them running in the field, back to the camera, running down this beautiful lane in their long, crazy hair and <laughs> dresses and, you know, being wild. And I had these, you know, slow shots and black and white and everything. Sent the whole thing like I was, you know, knew what the heck I was talking about to my <laughs> publisher. And I said, this kind of like this. This is what I would love. And then they sent me my cover, which is nothing at all like that. It's not a photograph. It's a silhouette, which I love. Yeah. And then, but it's got so much because it's got the, you know, the the airplane with the reflection of the, um, you know, the airplane flying overhead and just the, you know, intimating travel. And I just love it. I think it's just absolutely beautiful. And And, of course, it's always the publisher's decision. They decide sure. on the cover. Um, you, I mean, it's great that they say, "Hey, what do you, you know, what's your, <laughs> what's your idea?" But well, you no, never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I couldn't have asked for a better cover. I just think it's really, really amazing. So yeah, so and that, that and that's great that that turned out so well for you. Where they they kind of they they did something completely different, but it ended up like just resonating so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Uh, my husband was like, wait a second, let's just see how this, because, you know, but it's, it's, it's not, it's a thing out in the world now. It's not really having anything to do with me now. It's out, it's out in the world and it's, I mean, it has to do with me, but it's, it's a thing it, and it should be, they do what they do best publishers. And I just do the yeah. part. And yeah, I'm no longer a I don't even have great pictures of my kid. Like we, if there's a family, there you thing, go. I don't, I don't take the pictures. Um, I pass the baton because my daughter's, uh, you know, into photography now. But um, yeah, I don't. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So maybe those were. That's one of the like the bigger lessons that you'll take, or you just to like not get too attached to like your own ideas, or you know, just to, well, just to be just to, to expect it to go a different direction. Absolutely. And you get to wear different hats in life and it's okay to evolve, yeah. you know, because yeah. we're always changing and evolving and being, you know, um, learning who we are and kind of honoring who we are. And as we get older, it's, it's really cool to kind of watch that process and to just, you know, accept it. Absolutely. And it's really like, it doesn't end. Cause I think about like, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and I'm like, i I'm still learning. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that I'm getting closer to that age where I'm like, I worry less about what other people think or, or how, you know, how I, I'm supposed to do things. I'm like just becoming so much more comfortable um, in, in what I'm doing and, and how I'm doing it. And, you know, just, just realizing that like, it's just the older you get, the more experience you have. And, um, you know, it, 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 but it's like, you can't, you can't teach that to anybody. It's like, everybody has to learn that from themselves. And, you know, it's I think so that's true. like, yeah. Yeah. 
You do. Age is such a beautiful gift. I mean, the aging part sucks in a physical way, but it's really, <laughs> you become more and more connected to your soul. Absolutely. And that's so cool because you're like, oh, I'm actually, so you're listening to your soul more than everything outside, kind of like what we were talking about before with outside influences. You yeah. really get more and more in touch. And it's, it's, I wouldn't change that for anything. And in my thirties, I still, I knew nothing in my thirties. So you're way ahead <laughs> of me. <laughs> oh, no. Don't give me too um, much credit because I imagine yeah. 10 years from now, I'll be like, oh, God, like mid-30s, Megan, what were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, let yourself make mistakes. You're, yeah. You let your make mistakes for, as a parent. I've made so yeah. many. And I love that you're, you know, saying, I don't, I don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know to your kids because don't talk down to them. Talk to, you know, of course, you're the person who has to tell them what's right and all the rest. But be real, man. Yes. Yeah. They're just it's, another human. They're another human. It really, it's so true. And yeah, try not, I try not to let it intimidate me too much because I'm like, it's like, oh, the pressure's there. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you just, you do your best. And if you love them, it's, it's, and if you care about what you're doing and how you're doing it, it's, it's hard to like do a bad job in my opinion anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And they're always going to blame you in therapy later, <laughs> at least the women. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's so funny you say that because like, I'm, you know, I, I go to therapy like two nuts. Everybody has mental health. Yeah, It's so funny you say that because it's like, yeah, I don't like blame my parents for anything, but I kind of attribute certain things or we kind of explore things a little bit more. Whereas where men, I think it's like the, maybe they're a little more, more reluctant or maybe it's just because they're growing up like it's not as the path isn't as, as open for them, you know, like to right. unfortunate, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately. they're not taught to be aware and we're yeah. taught to be aware of everybody and exactly how we, how we affect people. We're, you know, the women, like are, so many of my friends are like, Oh, I wonder if they're still thinking this or this or this. I'm like, go ask them, just get it done with. Do not second guess. Cause a lot of times I find men with the, that kind of confidence or are taught to be, to take up space. Yeah. Don't yeah. second guess. They just go on to the next meeting. Yeah, and exactly. And we're, we're here like overthinking everything and reflecting yeah. and being like, wait, was it something? And then chances are like, yeah, men are just like used to just, um, and not like a bad thing. It's like, I wish men like would feel better or more. I wish it was were more acceptable for them to like, just get in touch to whatever they're struggling with, you know, and, and, and to mm -hmm. be more free about it. Cause yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Where they're kind of just, they're expected to just move on or, or just to kind of like be like, boom, boom, boom. Or like, cause yeah. They, yeah. And that's how it is. Like, they just don't, like I imagine like a year from now, they're not going to remember what you're worried about in that interaction. And, right. nope. you know, and it's exactly. just, yeah, it's like if, if we can like kind of tap into that a little bit, like who knows, like possibilities are endless. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And so, yes, get your boys in therapy when they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Men need therapy too. Absolutely. I know. And I, I, yeah, that's why well, I'm, I'm just like being open minded. And like you said, I'm just kind of like, I don't know everything. I'm learning it as I go. And I think that's the story for like so many people. And it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's so normal and it's okay. And that's why I tell people like new parents, like, no, it's like you're, le you know, you're leveling up. Like, cause you've never been yeah. a parent before. You've never been a mom. You've never been a dad before. It's like, you're leveling up. So you have to learn uh -huh. this new part, this new role of yourself. And that's, that's going to be new. It's everything's going to be new. It's just yeah. like, and, you know. and have, have a sense of humor about it because there's, <laughs> it's really funny being a parent. It's hilarious because it it's so is. hard. And I mean, and, and don't like, you know, that thing about looking in and think, seeing other people's lives. They're yeah. not perfect yeah. either. And no. so find people that have a sense of humor about it or and are just can really share the real stuff with you, exactly. you know, about being a parent that, yeah. you know what, it's not fun to fix peanut butter and jelly for 600 days in a row. Oh, and, no, you know? no, that's where yeah. I'm at. I mean, the thing is, is that it's easy, but I, <laughs> it's like, okay, you want it again? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's just a, and, yeah. That's yeah. a battle that I'm just not going to pick because it's not that important to me. So I just... <laughs> It's like, we got to get you out the door yep. and that's it. Like it's, yeah. uh -huh. yep. <laughs> um, so uh, Lisa Cupolo, where can we find you on um, online website, social media? Yes. Uh, Lisa underscore Cupolo at Instagram and then Lisa Cupolo on Facebook, Twitter, 
And then I have a website, um, lisadukuplo.com. And if you get my collection, I would love to hear from you on Goodreads or Amazon because those reviews apparently make a big, big difference. If you, and if my friend said, tell them, don't even put, you don't have to write a big, long thing. Just say, you know, <laughs> if, if you liked it, give it good stars and then, hey, love this collection. No, I mean, it, if you like it, I've had such wonderful response so far. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for every, every person who reads the story. I mean, it's just, you can't, I can't tell you what it means to me as a, as a writer to be known, to know well, that you're being. It's well-deserved. You know, I could tell that you, you put so much thought and careful just crafting these stories and making sure that they're all just not just reflecting real possibilities, but just like I could tell you had fun and you put real thought into it. Just like thinking just your personality, how, you know, your voyeuristic, (laughs) how you have so much fun and figure, you know, wondering about people and it, it shows. And so definitely um, I, you know, I'll rock up. I can't recommend it enough. It's plus it's short stories. It's like you pick it up, put it down, you know, pick it up again, put it down. Like it's so you it's for millennials. For yes, millennials yeah. <laughs> love short stories because they don't have to read the whole thing. It's just a quick exactly. thing. So exactly yeah. perfect. And and Thank parents you, too, because I knew you could get after twenty pages, Absolutely. you 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 could take a break and be, you know, make mm-hmm. sure nothing's on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so true. Yeah. Well, thank um, you, Megan. Absolutely. So uh, Lisa Cupolo, have mercy on us. It's available now. Thank you so much. This was such an amazing conversation. And, um, you know, you're so it was so awesome to talk to you. And I'm I'm, I'm going to keep my eye out for that, for, you know, those unpublished works that you're still working on. I, you know, I can't mm-hmm. wait to to get to know you a little bit more. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And there you go. That was Lisa Cupolo talking about Have Mercy on Us, the collection of short stories. That book is available now. Check out the show notes for links to purchase the book and to follow her on her website and social media. Please give us a follow um, on the Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, rate, review, subscribe the podcast. Check out my book reviews on the nerdcantina.com. And if you happen to pick up and enjoy any of these books by any of these authors, please do be sure to give them a little rating and shout out on Goodreads and Amazon. It really does uh, help them with their outreach. And as always, thank you so much for listening.